full court press. There is no stopping this team. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the full court press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvas. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions. To act like the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM 1390 AM The Fan 1069 FM 1390 AM The Fan It is the full court press 401 your kickoff time that is Eric Franson he is back Hello you know usually when someone goes to Orlando they get a tan I mean I'm I'm not seeing any change in you at all <laughs> Uh, really didn't spend any time poolside or beachside. What? No. What? Well, we were at a beach, but it was as the sun was going down. <laughs> as the sun was going down? Yeah. Oh. So, that was cool. Clearwater Beach? I don't know if you've ever been. Anyone? No. It. I mean, the sand, it's like walking around on flour. I mean, it's just this white, really powdery sand. It was awesome. A lot of people there. We had a good time. Spent most of our time in Orlando, but uh, we did head over to uh, Clearwater Beach, which is on the Gulf side. But it was cool. We had a lot of fun. Was it worth it? Uh, yeah. All the, all the, I, oh, did you give me the Mickey Mouse ears? Lots of lines, lots of people. Did you give me the Mickey Mouse ears I requested? It's all good. Uh, I think somehow they got last lost in baggage claim or something. <laughs> they, they they confiscated them at the airport. <laughs> hey, it is the Full Court Press again. Happy to have you all joining us, however and wherever you're doing so from. Uh, Guild Mortgage text line is open, 435-339-0321. Again, 435-339-0321. Big thanks to Guild Mortgage for being a part of our show, as always, um, for sponsoring our text line. Grateful to have them uh, get a hold of them. I don't even know where Liner's at. Uh, get a hold of them and uh, uh, get, um, let Carrie Nilsson and her team take care of your mortgage, take care of your loan, products, and services. They they do such a great job. And uh, call Guild Mortgage and they'll take really good care of you. On our Guild Mortgage text line, we're going to be talking about a lot. Jazz fall to the Wizards again. And, and again, it's because of guys like Bradley Bill who give the Jazz an absolute migraine um, and, and shred them defensively. Speaking of shredded, uh, Jamal, Murray's, Jamal Murray's knee is uh, uh, torn his ACL, and the Denver Nuggets lose a key, key cog in their playoff hopes, I guess in their playoff run. Uh, they were getting better, too, Eric, That as the season was going on, and Jamal Murray was one of, if not the biggest reasons why. Well, one of the big uh – I think they were really one of the big winners of the trade deadline. Yeah, with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon and bringing a, a really dynamic player who could score and, and defend. And, um, now it's looking like that was an even better trade to have done. Yeah. Hindsight but, 2020, right? Yeah. I mean, I've heard some people like, oh, that's good news for the Jazz. Like, no, look. Anybody goes down with an injury like that, it's that's horrible. That's not good news yeah. for anybody. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Nobody should be celebrating for any reason for that. Uh, really unfortunate because uh, I mean he he gave the the Jazz everything they could could handle in that playoff series, and that was one of the exciting uh, series in the entire playoffs in the bubble last year. Seeing him and Donovan go head to head, so 
Uh, yeah, really unfortunate news there. Uh, Jazz played tonight on a back-to-back against uh, Oklahoma City at home. Uh, so the Jazz 24-game uh, home winning streak is gone by the wayside. Now at 40-14, and 14, they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are at 20 uh, and 33 on the season. We're also going to get into, you know what, and we, we haven't talked to Eric in almost well over a week, uh, and in that time that he's been gone, uh, Utah State men's basketball got a new head coach. Transfer portal has been very active. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Major League Baseball is already in, in its way. Uh, high school baseball is going on right now. Big one over at Green Canyon where the Green Canyon Wolves are taking on the Mountain Crest Mustangs in game one of their three-game series. Uh, in the first inning, the Green Canyon Wolves had the bases loaded with nobody out, and the next three guys were uh, were sat down, and uh, and and the Mount Crest Mustangs escape a uh, a major major uh, damage from uh, Green Canyon. So we'll keep you up to date on games going on around Region 11, both in baseball and if we get any softball updates as well. Uh, let's start, Eric. Actually, let's start here. Uh, Utah State again. We haven't had you on here in a while. But Utah State gets a new head coach in Ryan Odom uh, from UMBC, really widely known as the guy who helped lead UMBC to a 16-1 upset over Virginia. Um, staff is look like it's being put together. I know people are freaking out about the staff and, and why they haven't heard anything. Calm down. It's coming. Just relax, deep breath. It will be here. Um, and you'll hear it when you do. Uh, but the transfer portal has been really active. You went, uh, Shulga was in the portal. He's out of the portal now and is back with Utah State. Um, Marco Anthony is in the portal. Raleigh Worcester is in the portal. Uh, so let's start here. Ryan Odom, new head coach. Give me your thoughts. Well, yeah, I was super bummed. I knew it was going to happen while I was away uh, that, that the announcement would be made. And uh, when I heard the news that it was Ryan Odom, I mean, it was somebody that we talked about as a possibility uh, previously in the weeks leading up to it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, here's a guy who has NCAA tournament success. Here's a guy who has conference success. Um, he's played on big stages in one, even though it's in a smaller conference. Um, I think that he's proven he knows how to recruit and get a lot out of his guys, uh, even though maybe he isn't a destination location, uh, not a, necessarily a blue-chip program. So uh, I think those are really good things to bring to Utah State. Um, you know, How is he, is he a big personality that lights up a room like Craig Smith? There are very few guys like Craig Smith. But I did like a lot of things I did hear from Ryan Odom. Uh, I listened to your guys' podcast when you inter- uh, interviewed him here on the Full Court Press. Um, a lot of things that he says, I'm, I'm impressed with. Yeah. So certainly uh, you have to be cautious not to get too up or down just yet because we just don't know. have to wait to see what his coaching staff looks like, what the roster looks like, who stays on, who he's able to bring to Utah State. Because it's going to be still a very competitive league, and this is a guy that has shown that he look he knows he's not afraid. He'll play some big big time uh, teams and uh, put a game plan together to, and to play really well against them. Yeah, absolutely. A couple quick texts came by, uh, both about NBA two four one seven texted in. Uh, yeah, and by the way, you are welcome two four one seven. You want pick pick six fair and square. 
So it was only right that we gave you a gift for uh, being a part of it, and thank you for doing so. Uh, but he says about Jamal Murray, no, that is a shame for the Nuggets. Hated to hear that. I, I think a lot of the NBA would feel the exact same way. Uh, and then 9463 texted in, I would rather lose in a seven-game super exciting playoff series than win in four games against a team that doesn't have one of their best players. Really stinks for the Denver Nuggets. And yeah, that's that's absolutely, I mean, Jamal Murray makes that team so, so, so good. We'll get into more of that in Utah Jazz basketball here in just to uh, probably the second hour of the show uh, so we can talk as much Jazz basketball as we need to, especially NBA. I um, want to get your thoughts on the uh, MVP race as well from from Eric. Uh, look, so, so Ryan Owen comes in, but now you got guys like Raleigh and Marco who are leaving, going to the portal. And with that, Utah. Yeah, uh, and I think it's important to say that they're not gone. I think that there's there's still chances that um, this coaching staff could try to woo them to to stay. Yeah. Um, certainly, if their names are still in the portal, even a week after the announcement, that may mean you know one thing. But uh, there's still time for this coaching staff to say, "Hey, look, we we still have a place for you. We'd love to have you here." Uh, if you go to that other place, you go to that place down south or somewhere else, uh, who knows what you're going to get. But um, you're already established here. You know the lay of the land. Um, and here's who we are and what we're going to do. So hopefully you know, they still have a, a chance to uh, to try to get convince them to stay. Does Raleigh leaving, give me your thoughts on Raleigh and both Marco as you got to see them through when you're at basketball. How much does that hurt the Aggies? Well, I thought Raleigh would be a guy that uh, – Gosh, starting and playing as many minutes as he did as a true freshman uh, uh, had me really excited for what that guy could look like as a junior or a senior in an Aggie uniform. Does a lot of things well, kind of like a Jared Quayle type, mm. but maybe um, maybe even a little bit more, but very similar. And Jared Quayle was a good basketball player for Utah State. Very solid, steady leader on the court. Um, but I think that uh, Raleigh had potential to be a really, really good point guard uh, for Utah State and uh, could do a lot of great things in an Aggie Uni. Um, if he does, in fact, go, that's disappointing. It's really too bad. Do you think Mar- or Raleigh is a power five qual- power? Does his skills and athleticism, does it qualify him to be a power five player? I think more of his attitude, um, it does. And I think that what I mean by that is not to say take away from anyone else's attitude, but to come to step in to a program like Utah State that already had other guys uh, that could have been the point guard and the starting point guard this year, to beat them out, it kind of illustrates like his toughness and his willingness to put his nose in there and compete at a very high level. Even if some may not have said, hey, you don't have the experience to be able to do this. He's like, I don't care. I'm still going to get in there and make this happen. Yeah. So I think that he could figure it out pretty quickly. And then Marco, of course, goes from, comes from Virginia to here and now will leave in the back in the portal again. What can he bring to a team? I know, I mean, people talk about his defensive skill, Bill is a big body guy that he can guard. Um, he struggled as a shooter. He struggled as a free throw shooter, got to the lane but didn't finish often. I think there's a lot of a lot to be desired of, of his offensive game. Yeah, I think that a lot of us 
heard the news of Marco Anthony coming from national champion Virginia, and we all got really excited. Wow, this guy from power program, great team, won a national championship. Uh, he's leaving there. He's going to bring some leadership, credibility with him. And I think he did. I'm not taking that away. But I think that I think we also thought that he would be more of an impact player on the court. Uh, and I think he was a, an impact player at times. But he just wasn't, didn't seem to be as consistent. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And uh, look, I, I hope that he comes back. I hope he finds a way to still have an Aggie uniform on next season. Um, but it, it's unfortunate if he leaves. I, I just think that we maybe unfairly placed a lot of expectations on him. But uh, I, I liked Marco Anthony and some of the things that he did. Um, I, I thought he would attack the basket when some when others wouldn't from that guard position. I thought he re- defended really well. Um, outside shot needs a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And his but, free throws weren't that great either. He struggled yeah. at the line as well. But, yeah, he's a guy that yeah I'd love to have back. But if he leaves, okay, well, hopefully Aggie's coaching staff can find somebody as good or better. So what would your starting lineup look like right now as the team is assembled? <laughs> well, so assuming that Raleigh and Marco are gone. Yep, yep, absolutely. Assuming that they're gone and that Nimi is gone. Yep. So, gosh, you probably have Dorius as your starting center, Justin Bean, uh, Brock Miller, um, and uh, probably you'd have Stephen Ashworth yeah. as your starter. Yeah, we need to find a big man in the portal. Or, you know, bring, yeah, we need a big man. We need a score. And I was kind of hoping. I say five? Let's see. So, Give Dorius, Dorius, Bean, yes. Miller, Miller, Ashworth. Ashworth. One more. Is it going to be Shulga? Shulga? Oh, man. That worries me. Um, but He was coming along later in the year. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. He's got a little more size to him than Ashworth does. By the way, like San Diego State, I I still remember media day with with Brian Dutcher, and he's like, you know, something about our program is we don't rebuild, we we reload, and they end up picking that Matt Hayes kid up or whatever from Cal. He he's I mean he was a very big get from the transfer portal for San Diego State, and I was really hoping he'd come to Utah State, but man, I'm I'm extremely worried about that. I mean. I feel like the Mountain West Conference is just, I mean, locking and loading right now with talent. It's It really does scare me how good the Mountain West Conference is getting in regard to talent. Now, David Jenkins Jr., Bryce Hamilton, uh, they've left. In fact, David Jenkins Jr. goes to Utah. Yeah. And that guard line is really, really deep. Like, you're starting to – kids are – I mean, there's going to be some kids that are going to be upset about not getting any minutes. Not just a few, but any, if not all. Well, UNLV lost another kid going back to Iowa State. Iowa State, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name either. Uh, what did what the, the Dong kid? What Dong or Dion? Dang! What was his the tall center who gave uh, Namia's trouble? He's also leaving. Wow! So he's gone. Yeah, UNLV lost a lot it's of a talent. Purge. So there's that. Um, but Colorado State's gonna be dangerous. Colorado State's kept everybody. They didn't lose one guy. I, Isaiah Stevens, Roddy Thistlewood. 
everybody's staying at Colorado State. So Nico Medved's got a huge core group coming back, and that makes Colorado State really dangerous. San Diego State, San Diego State. New Mexico is going to be, I think, going to be better under Patino. Um, Boise State's interesting. Boise State can't. I mean, they they. Now, Alston Jr. leaves. All, yeah, going which, to the NBA. Uh, Ray J. Dennis is transferred. So I mean, and uh, Armis, I think, is staying. So they'll they'll have some of their core back. But I mean, just the way this Mount West Conference is looking, it's it's gonna be hard to win consistently. So uh, it should be interesting the rest of the way. Uh, two four one seven weighs in with the uh, projected starting lineup. Okay, Ashworth, Shulga, Bean, and Miller. If it's Dorius, we're going to struggle because he has been a half a step too slow. He has. But so I, what's the other option? Yeah, I mean, do you go with Shimon, Zapata? Unless it's just a uh, to be named later. Yeah, remember that transfer portal's full of. I mean, it's over twelve hundred kids big right now. So, I mean, you're not really hurting for a lot. <laughs> you go in there and you find a guy that, you know, fits your what you're trying to do, fits your system. I like Doris. I, I don't have anything. I think Doris would be fine. Uh, and if you find someone who's as big and can be a really good scorer, like time and time again, sure, you'll get him. Uh, now I'm blanking on his name. The tall, skinny kid from Canada. Uh, not Bearstow. No, uh, not Bearstow. He's from Australia. Is it Liam? Yeah, Liam McChesney. He's staying. He'll be here. But he, but but him at the five. Oh man, that's an athletic I mean, you can push five. Around. That's an athletic. Yeah. You have a stretch five. He needs to go eat some McDonald's. Like he needs five Big Macs and six <laughs> large fries every day with gravy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Golly, yeah. Like Liam would be the most athletic five you could possibly imagine, and he can shoot. He is a sharpshooter of a kid, like especially from the perimeter. You, like you're gonna watch him; <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind how good he is. Uh, Liam could be interesting. I'm kind of interested to see how he fits. Um, I don't know if he starts because he hasn't had any minutes at all. I mean, I guess yeah, your last year, year before he was a freshman, so he's gonna have to work his way in. But with a new coach, maybe he does fit well. Maybe he does shine. Barristow's another one too. Barristow, I struggled immensely last year and was put on a really short leash, and I think that got into the head of Sean a little bit. Um, I I would imagine that he starts to expand his growth, gets a little bit better, not worrying about that leash. That hey, it's you know, Coach Odom's here. I have a chance to to show that I can play on on this team. I can be trusted um, without that pressure. That yeah, that could be another interesting get. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to. Totally compare him to Dante Exum. I'm with you, though. But I think there are some interesting comparisons. Not just the injury thing, not just... Uh, Tom Barristow has been healthy. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that they're both from Australia. But what I think the comparison is here, uh, a guard with good length, but also a guard that always seems to be on a short leash with his coach. Yeah. Um, and I, if, 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 uh, if Barristow can can work on some of those things, gain a little more confidence in himself and in the coaching staff. I think he could be such a great weapon because of his size out on the guard line defensively and offensively. But he's so, so prone to get in his own way. Oh, yeah. He With did that a lot last year, too. Uh, just not totally engaged in what's going on around him. It's, uh, it's too bad. I hope, I hope he could figure that out and uh, – 
become a you know really important key in, in what's going on with Utah State. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with you know making sure you're taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally. I know there's pressure when you go and play a college basketball game for a Division One team under the likes of Craig Smith, but making sure that you're you know you're studying the playbook, uh, you're you're working on everything you need to be doing. So you know shots, you know you're staying after practice, you're being there early. Wanting to get better, I think, is something that really does help your confidence as well. And again, I think Sean could get there to where he's a trusted Porsche or trusted part of of the rotation for the Aggies. I, you know, and with Odom here, I think he's going to help you understand. Like, hey, look, you know, you have a chance to grow. I've never seen you play. You have a chance to grow right here, and we want to give you the opportunity to, you know, the fair chance to, uh, to at least be in the rotation. And so uh, a lot of these kids have something to prove, and I, I'm glad Shoga pulled out of the portal and is here because I, the, I told AJ this too. I don't know if, um, I don't. It's hard to get. It's it's hard to be found in a portal when there's over 1,600 kids there, over 2,000 kids in the portal. It's well, hard to be found. Yeah. Well, then you end up going to places like, uh, I don't know, Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. Northern Arizona. Yeah, now you're not at Utah State on national television every single game. Yeah, you're you're going to programs that look. They will say, "Hey, look, come to our place, and you will be a star." Yep, exactly. We have nothing else, (laughs) and so you will be featured. And you know what? For some guys, maybe that's what they need, and that's they're okay with that. Um, But others, they want to uh, they want to have a role, but they want to have a role on a good team that's going to compete at a high level. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, three four two six uh, six texted in. If Barristow can limit his turnovers and add start finishing at the rim instead of pulling up and trying to hit that eight foot runner, he could be dangerous. Like, and I think Barristow was really confident about going to the rim two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he? You were, I thought he was much more effective his freshman year. Yeah. Well, this like, this what, year was a happened, regression, man. It was a, there was a regression, and I don't know if it's because he thought he would get. An expanded role, and then Raleigh took it away from him, and that messed with him. I, I don't know. Stephen Ashworth showing up, and he thought, well, maybe I won't be the starter, but at least I'll be the backup. And Stephen Ashworth gets that gig, and that messes with him. I, I don't know. Hard to know. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out, like what exactly went on. Um, that he was just so far off the the course that they were hoping for, and I think the Boise State game, um really kind of showed you how, like, just he wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. I think that was the biggest concern they had. Uh, three four two six text in that Sean seems hesitant to take contact. But, again, I felt like in, in, in his freshman year, he was just as physical as anybody. I mean, he was willing to get over there with you. And in last year, it just didn't seem like he had that. Like he had lost a step. I don't, I don't know if lost a step is the correct way to put it. But it was just different. And uh and, and that's what bumps me out the most. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I hope that um uh, I hope that he can get in stay in the gym, you know, keep working, uh develop more of a physicality, put more weight on, uh, and, and build up some confidence. Hopefully, you know, maybe a change here in the coaching staff really could help him. Gain a little more confidence and an understanding of the system and his role. 
Again, that and and that could help too, because it's like, oh yeah, hey, it's a new coach, it's a new fresh start. You know that, that as we talked about that that leash isn't on me. That's like the size of my pinky, and you know, there's <laughs> I have a chance to be able to do something with this, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and take a break. Coming back, uh, we are going to talk uh, Major League Baseball. I know you've been gone for a while, so you haven't kept up with your Cubs. Oh. Uh, Kept oh, an eye on and I, and I want to get your thoughts on two nights ago when my Braves got absolutely hosed. I'm really angry about this. Your Cubs have never been hosed like my Braves have. <laughs> and I want to get your thoughts on uh, this. I don't know. I mean, being a Patriots fan at this time and being a, and being a Braves fan has been one of the most daunting challenges of my sports fandom life. It really is hard. You said about Julian today? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) This is Larry from Larry's Pharmacies. Often, commercial drugs don't meet individual needs. You may be allergic to fillers or dyes, need a unique strength, or something that is unavailable. Compounding medicine is how pharmacy began. I have compounded meds for over 30 years. My labs are state-of-the-art and conform to the highest standards. My highly trained staff will compound it accurately and price it fairly. If regular treatments don't work well, Call me to see if there's a better, more economical alternative we can compound for you. Stay well. Valley Recycling's Earth Day event is back. This year's prices are some of the best they've seen. In an effort to keep everyone safe, Earth Day will look a little different this year, running the entire week of April 19th through the 24th. Earth Day will only be held at Valley Recycling's facility at 145 North, 10th West. To limit overcrowding and to keep wait times minimal, appointments are required to drop off your recyclables. Schedule your appointment online at valleymetalrecycling.com. Snacks and cold drinks will be available. Valley Recycling's Earth Day event, April 19th through the 24th. For prices and drop-off appointments, Visit ValleyMetalRecycling.com. Is your business hiring now or in the future? Or are you looking for a new job or career change? Plan to participate in or attend the Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair. Thursday, April 22nd at Castle Manor in Hyde Park from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss this opportunity to visit with hundreds of potential employees looking for work or to change careers. Call 752-1390 or go to CashValleyDaily.com to get involved in the job fair at Castle Manor. Thursday, April 22nd, presented by Cash Valley. Media Group. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, it helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. staring at you are so like i don't know what you're looking is it, is it a raccoon again uh, i swear what if it is no <laughs> no raccoon videos today <laughs> <Just curious. laughs> full court press it's eric franson and i'm ajay salveson here on 1069 the fan thanks for joining us however wherever you're doing so hope you're all having a fantastic terrific tuesday uh major league baseball okay eric has your cubs ever been hosed in a game 
where you were angry even two days later. Probably not because they're the Cubs and, you know, big market and everyone loves the Cubs. Uh, just they're so used to uh, disappointment. that's like, <laughs> but then, yeah, it happens. They only hose themselves. Yeah. Another day in the <laughs> Your ballpark. Cubs were 4-6 and six on the season. Three games back of the uh, Reds, who are 7-3. and three. Here's the thing about the Reds. They start hot. They finish in a, like, just they finish in the dweller, the cellar dweller. Uh, they they had a great start. Um, I swear they do this every they year. Were, they had the best record for a couple of, uh, well, for about a week there. A week or two weeks. And then they were just starting to slip up a little bit this week. Uh, your guy, Matt Duffy, the infielder, he's uh, on the COVID-19 related injured list. He's uh, Brandon Workman, Jason Adam, Dan Winkler are all part of that list as well. Ooh, even first base coach Craig Driver. Ah, and bullpen coach Chris Young. Man, it's racking them up over there. Mm, yeah. Uh, Marlins are three and six. Nationals in that uh, NL East are uh, two and five. Uh, Braves, my Braves, four and six right now. Okay, so here we are playing the Phillies. Sack fly. Ozuna makes a great throw, and uh, and the catcher is in position to make the catch and tag the runner. Does so, he's out by at least a foot. But the umpires call him safe. And then they go and review the play. And they still call him safe. There needs to be punishment on on umpires or referees that get calls wrong. There needs to be a punishment like, I mean, like, and, and when I say calls wrong, something of that magnitude. Like, if it's a game-winning run, you better make sure that that's the right call. Even when you review it. And they weren't close. I would like to see more punishment upon mistakes being made by umpires. Because if, I mean, the Braves can't go into the press conference post-game. Well, that ref blew the call. You know, it's on him. Because the MLB is like, well, here's a $50,000 fine. Can't say that. That's that's so frustrating for me. Generally speaking, yeah, referee accountability. It is a really frustrating topic. Because the Jazz have been hosed, and they can't say anything Well, they do, but then they get fined. Right. The NBA will, will happily assess a fine if you say anything. Yeah. But on a very, very, very rare occasion will they ever admit that a referee got something wrong. I think, Andre, I can only think of one, maybe two times where I have heard of a referee being disciplined for a missed call. Yeah, and I believe it just, happened in the NFL. I was gonna say I can't remember one. When was it? Was it this last year or the year before? Uh, they announced so and so is going to miss his next game assignment because of a, uh, a missed, a missed call. Like they only said one. He missed one call, which honestly is kind of silly to say it like that because it sends a message that all the other referees, all the other umpires, all the ever all. All other officials have never made any mistakes or have <laughs> never made any bad calls. And on this one time, well, he's going to miss his next assignment because he he missed a call, a call, one time. <laughs> Other than that, everybody is infallible. They are perfect all the time. And <laughs> it's frustrating. I mean, thankfully, we have technology today where we can review and get calls more right. Yeah. I know that still is a matter of contention among a lot of people, saying, is it really servicing its purpose? 
Because sometimes those reviews take so long and it kills the flow of a game. And especially in the last part of a game, it can drag on and on and on because everything's getting reviewed because we can't trust ourselves. We have to go to the technology. Yeah. And it's uh, starting to do, be used more in other sports, uh, professional soccer, on offsides. And there's had its own controversy uh, lately as well. So, But generally speaking, we never hear of discipline for a referee, an official, an umpire, if they make mistakes. We, we know they make mistakes. It's documented. But this is just frustrating because they even looked at the review and they still made the wrong call. That's what blows my mind. Well, I mean, the NBA will issue their last two-minute report, right? And they'll say, yep, we missed a call here. But that's – and that's all they – that's it. And then it's like end of discussion. Right. Uh, 2417 texted into the show. Uh, Ajay, be a Bears, Jazz, and Braves fan, and you'll know deep, deep disappointment of sports fandom. Well, I, I do because I'm a Patriots fan. And we've, we've had sadness, you know. Uh, losing to Eli Manning twice, really, is one of the greatest disappointments in sports history. No one wants to lose to Eli Manning twice in the Super Bowl. Nobody. And guess what? The Patriots did it twice. Um, so there's that. Uh, a Bears, you know, and AJ, of course, is a Bears guy. Um, and he's he's shown his and he's voiced his disappointment in being a Bears fan. Uh, see, be Jazz. Yeah, Jazz is disappointing because we can't win a championship. Braves fan is disappointing. Oh, and then 2417 says, please, you got six Super Bowls. We should have eight, though. We should be eight and oh, but because of uh, because of gum sticking on the top of David Tyrese's helmet, he makes a catch, and because in one Super Bowl, and then the next Super Bowl, Eli Manning, who's made 70 horrible throws in one game, makes the best throw when it's really all on the line, and he has to fit it in one place, that's and he puts really it there. That's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> you never know, man. I mean, that's, that's a... <laughs> You're a tortured soul after having to go through that, despite all these others. 241 said, we have one Super Bowl. Yeah, but dude, that Super Bowl was incredible, too, because he dominated my Patriots. Uh, 3426, sad to see Julian Edelman had to go out in terms he couldn't hack it any longer physically, but thank goodness one of the ugliest beards in the NFL is now gone. Yeah. Okay, true. His beard was not a trap. Like, I loved my favorite physical look of the Julian Edelman face was when he had the short trim beard with the nice haircut. You know, with the uh, half, or you know, excuse me, the half. Actually, it was like a zero fade on the uh, sides and back. Oh, man. That was killer Julian Edelman. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, no, but do, okay, so let me ask you something. Julian Edelman has now retired, we think. If he goes to the Buccaneers, Julian Edelman will never exist in my life ever again. I'm ripping down the Got Milk poster from my wall if he goes to the Bucks. I'm serious, too. I'm going to be really upset with him. Uh, if, if he does officially retire, is he a Hall of Famer? Ooh, um, good question. I think he'd have to be in the discussion because of a Super Bowl MVP, all the Super Bowls, second in playoffs and catches and yards and touchdowns in NFL history. Behind Rice, just one of those guys that just always found the right. He was in the right place whenever they needed him to be able to make a play. And he is another proof that the NFL's draft science is nowhere close to where many experts think it is. Seventh round out of Kent, and he was a quarterback there. 
They called him and they said, and Bill Belichick said, I don't know where we're going to fit you, but we think we, we might be able to find a spot for you somewhere. Starts, as a, starts off as a punt returner, takes over Wes Welker's position there. Then the, you know Wes Welker goes to Denver. Julian Edelman takes over a slot position there. And look what he's done. He's already done more than Wes Welker ever could. Wes Welker cost us a Super Bowl because he couldn't catch a pass from Tom Brady against the Giants. And, and, you know, and Wes Welker's never going to be a Hall of Famer for so many reasons. <laughs> well, that's one of them. Uh, let's see, 2409. Oh, I can understand the umpire missing the call at the plate live, but to miss it with the replay is almost as poor a decision is as moving the All Star game to mostly uh, Denver. Mostly white Denver. Um. <laughs> uh. Well, so yeah, I mean, you, you have the technology to watch it back in slow motion, right? Sometimes you don't always have the best angles, but still, if you can see it, how. Uh, and we've seen that before, video evidence. It like it seems clear to everybody watching it, from the analysts on the television to everyone at home. It looks like, oh, this is this is what they're gonna do. And then they come back and announce the complete opposite. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's weird. Uh eight seven nine eight. In regards to Julian Edelman, Hall of Good Player, not Hall of Fame player. Hall of Good Player? <laughs> Hall of Good. Are you serious? Hall of Good. Don't you I dare. I like that. We should create a Hall no, of Good. No, don't you dare, Eric. Don't you dare support 8798 on this. Hall don't you good. dare. Not Hall of Fame, but Hall of Good. I like uh, that. Let's see. 342. Don't, Eric. Don't support him in that argument. I swear. <laughs> I'll end this. 3426. If Tory Holt can't make it to the Hall of Fame and Julian Edelman doesn't deserve to make it either, here's the difference. Julian Edelman's a Super Bowl MVP. And again, second in yards, TDs, and catches behind Rice in the playoffs. Second. That's Hall of Fame worthy. And I'm not just saying it because I'm a Pats guy. What about um, regular season? Where is he regular season? Uh, he's actually pretty behind on the list. Uh, I think he's ninth. Uh, I saw a list of achievements, um, and he's like ninth on a one category. I think he's first in yards, but he's like fourth in touchdowns, ninth in... I can't remember something else. So he's a little bit down the list, I think, in regular season stats. But again, he played his first four years were behind Wes Welker. And then he had missed one year due to injury. Um, and I think that was what, fifteen, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So but in the playoffs, man, he was so good. So good when it mattered most. But yeah, but I do agree with three, four, two, six. So he's in a playoff hall of fame. No, there's, don't, I know what you're doing here, don't you dare, no, he's in the Hall of Fame, uh, Three, but you know what, I agree with 3426, Torrey Holt should be in the Hall of Fame, that's a shame that he's not, it's a sham that he's not in there, 2417, uh, wanted Julian to retire in Tampa, as a lifelong Bucks fan, I don't think that would have been the best decision, <laughs> and then he well, says, I mean, it's, no, it's not the best it's decision, New England South, New England South, uh, two four one seven. Unfortunately, there is no spot in the ballot for a slot receiver. Maybe there should be. Yes, there is. There's a spot there. A guy who's a seventh round NFL draft pick. I don't know why you people are so pessimistic about Jules being in the Hall of Fame, but he's there. Nine nine four eight. A little off topic, but reading the paper today. Don't do that. Read CashValleyDaily.com. Pretty cool that the All-Valley Player of the Year in girls' soccer this year is going to be going to, oh, Florida Gators. 
That's pretty big time. Wow. Awesome. I love that it. That is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 2409, does the getting caught with PEDs affect Edelman's Hall of Fame? No. Still was really good in the playoffs. Because he was enhanced. No, no. It has nothing to do with... Yeah, you know what? And you gave me one of those enhancement pills. And you know what? They don't even do anything. Yes, they do. But not for your sports talent. Uh, 9948, <laughs> no. this valley is loaded with sports talent. You know what? You know what I'm going to make you do one day, Eric? We are going to create the Mount Rushmore of Cache Valley athletes. We kind of did that. Did we? And then I got roasted because I totally missed on one that was I obvious. think I remember this. Wait, did we? I think it was a Friday Five Best. Like the five best. Oh, that's right. High school athletes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Cache Valley. I think someone tweeted it to you and I yeah. and brought up this name. We were like, oh. oh. Crap. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, he had, he had an okay time. Yeah, he, I mean, he was okay. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, 9948, spot on. Nine, I mean, there is so much great. Um, let me ask you, though. Would Mason Faltzlove now be on that list? I think you have to consider him. Like, I mean, there's Ryan Zimmerman, there's Luke Lofthouse, there's Mason Faltzlove, there's uh, the, 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 uh, this gal who was the All-Valley Player of the Year, there's... I mean, you got track runners. I mean, I don't know how you would do it. Caressa. Why you do that? What? Why do Shame what? Shame on you. You know better. Well, he was, Falsa was so good in basketball and so good in football. Uh, I think, hands down, the state MVP for football, and you can make a very strong argument that he was the MVP for basketball. He well. is the best basketball player I ever saw play in person, ever in my life. He is the best player I've ever seen play. And I mean, and I've seen a lot of good ones. Mason Faltov was the best. Yeah, uh, definitely oh, in, the, in the consideration for sure. My guy Dewey. Dewey Panther. Uh, he says, uh, you know, he, he, he played at Green Canyon. Um, great golfer. He was an okay pitcher. No, actually, he wasn't that good, coming to think about it. Uh, but he was a great golfer. He's at Utah State now. Maybe as a golfing guy, yes. Yes, but uh, if I, no, I couldn't put him on a Mount Rushmore in baseball. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> but Dewey, love you. I love Dewey. Uh, he's one of the best people in the uh, best people in the world. All right, uh, next, 8798. Julian Edelman would be compared to Eli Manning's postseason. Not relevant in the regular season, good in the postseason. Guess what? Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. Am I wrong? Is Eli Manning going to be a Hall of Famer? Not first ballot, but... I <laughs> I think you have to look at regular season and postseason. It's about the player's career. And since Eli Manning went to two Super Bowls. Okay, so did Julian Edelman. You have to key put that in his consideration. And so part does of his Julian resume. Edelman. Yes, you do. Part of his resume. Absolutely. Even though we got a lot of help from his defense in the first one. One five three four text into the show. I like Edelman and he deserves Hall of Fame, but let's be real. The reason he has the most yards and stats in the playoffs is because he played on a great team that played in multiple playoff games every year. He was a great player, but playoff stats are bloated. Great team, absolutely. But he still has to... But but, but when, you, and when you do have well, talent on the team, you still got to be able to catch the ball. You still yeah, got to be able to run the route. <laughs> a great team is made up of great players working together. Yeah. And if you're not... 
being a great part of that team, you're not going to get that far. and You're not going to play that many playoff games. You're gonna, not going to win that many playoff games. You're not going to win that many Super Bowls. Um, I mean, but, you know, it's a good point. Again, playoff stats can't be or can be bloated, and they're in multiple playoff games, but you still got to perform, right? You still got to perform. Uh, 2417, about the totally and completely missed call, why would the umpire change the call if he will be punished for missing it? Because it's the right call. It's about getting it right. I mean, that's why we have the replay system, right? Well, I don't think that there should be punishment for missing a call. If you go to the replay and you you missed it and the replay shows that you missed it, you correct it. That's what the replay is for. But if you are still proven to be wrong and you won't change your mind and you won't admit that you made a mistake, then there should be some kind of retribution, not retribution, but there should be some accountability. Yes, yes. And you know what? There probably is accountability. They just don't tell us. Yeah, all oh, that that would I'm be I'm sure there's right. accountability with how they handled this. But you know what? Tell us because you tell but, us when the players get fined, tell us when right. they Let's we're going to be transparent. Like you cannot say certain things. Yeah. We have to hold these referees to a certain standard. Uh well, then why can't we hold them to a certain standard? I'm with you. Yeah. No. Bring them accountability. I love it. Three four two six. Salveson must not have seen Nate Harris or Jalen Moore play. I did, I did. I, I promise you, I did. And Nate Harris is incredible. Nate Harris was dominant. I still remember when he put up forty something points on Mountain Crest alone. I mean, made everybody look foolish on the other side. Like John Nielsen had no like no way to stop Nate Harris. And Jalen Moore was great. Mason Faultlove was. Unreal. I agree. You know, uh, Nate Harrison and uh, Jalen Moore were great basketball players. They absolutely were. But the thing for me that that makes Falslove stand out is not necessarily his basketball acumen, but for what he did as an athlete playing football as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all those were, on all those guys played for Skyview. Yeah. Got a great basketball tradition there in Smithfield. We need to get to a break here. Five three three eight text in. I never missed a call in my life. One of the best calls was to turn in that coach seat ticket for a first class ticket signed Mike Mathis. Eight seven nine eight. I said it on your Friday five best, but Nate Harris is hands down the best basketball player to come out of this valley. I okay. Can I just do like a one A and one B? Because I mean, like Nate Harris was incredible. Nate Harris dominated the game in a way I hadn't seen a big man dominate it. And Mason Faltlove dominated the game that I hadn't seen. Not even, not even Jalen Moore could do it. Not, I mean, as great as Jalen Moore was, Mason Faltlove, like made you put all five guys on him. Like He changed your defensive scheme entirely. And I still remember calling the Bear River game, Bear River Skyview game at Bear River three years ago, and he put up 37 inside of Bear River without breaking a sweat. It was amazing. Uh, we're going to get to more of your text messages. Keep filling them through here. Uh, 435-339-0321. I promise you we're going to hit every single one of them uh, here on the Full Court Press. 1069 FM, 
1390 AM, The Fan. This, keep it on the download here, is The Dan Patrick Show. They didn't go, hey, you know what? We have 16. Why don't we go to 15? Why don't we go to 14? But the NFL with 17 games? All right. More fantasy, more gambling, yeah, more money, Jesse. Feels like we're entering the load management era of uh, NFL Ooh. with all these all these games. I'm going to sit this week nine out. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. A fan. Hi, this is Ashley with LSS Insurance. Have you heard? The marketplace is making major changes. Improvements to affordability through the health insurance marketplace by increasing financial assistance, lowering your premiums, and more generous cost sharing to lower your out-of-pocket max. If you have coverage, come in to see if you can save even more. Never applied? We can help. Go to lssins.com or call 752-9493. That's 752-9493. When it's time for a new haircut, don't cut into your wallet. At New Horizons Beauty College, haircuts, color, highlights, pedicures, and manicures are far less expensive than going to a salon. The students at New Horizons Beauty College are trained in all the latest trends and techniques. You'll get a great look at a great price. Plus, New Horizons has great prices on the products to help you maintain that new look. All services performed by students and closely supervised by licensed instructors. New Horizons Beauty College, 550 North Main in the Clock Tower Plaza in Logan. The Riverwoods Conference Center would like to invite you to a show that aims to end the stigma of mental illness. Depression has one degree of separation. If you don't suffer, then someone you know does. This creative show is delivered by professional comedians, including Brad Bonner, who shares personal stories of hope, happiness, and triumph through laughter and tears. Don't miss this epic evening of stories around depression and suicide awareness that'll have you laughing and crying. Friday, April 16th, 7 p.m., Riverwoods Conference Center. Tickets are $15 at the door, or visit Cash Valley Comedy on Facebook. Behind Utah's most successful businesses is a whole lot of technology making them run. Behind that technology is Les Olson Company, your local office technology partner. With everything from copiers and printers to IT services, and even computers and document management software, Les Olson Company has all the tools your business needs to do more. Need office technology? Partner with Les Olson Company. Visit lesolson.com slash tech. Les Olson Company. At Valley Office Systems, we want you seen green with the savings we can offer you for your office equipment, furniture, and supply needs. Our goal in 2021 is to continue to offer the best products and value at even better prices. Valley Office Systems, a service company above all else. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. It is the Full Court Press. You're Eric France and Ajay Salveson. All right, 5410 text in. Edelman is not number two all-time in playoff TDs. All right, so I am looking for it right now. Touchdown leaders, career receiving, and I'm looking for playoff here. I don't know if this is playoff, though. This is not playoff. I don't know where the playoffs are at. Dang it. I got to look this up Uh, Julian Edelman. This is according to ESPN Stats and Info. Hit me. One of seven wide receivers to win Super Bowl MVP. He has 118 postseason receptions, 1,442 receiving yards. Both are the second most in postseason history, only trailing Jerry Rice. Okay, so yeah. In receptions and receiving yards. 
He's number two in postseason history, trailing only Jerry Rice. So not TDs. Not touchdowns. Okay, players with at least 10 postseason receiving TDs. I don't know when this has been edited, though. Jerry Rice, Rob Gronkowski, John Starworth, Fred Belitnikoff, Larry Fitzgerald, Antonio Fre- Antonio Freeman's on there? Randy Moss and Heinz Ward. Dang it. All right, well, Patriots.com lied to me. Blame them. That I swear that's on them. That's not on me. It's not the first time they've probably done that. <laughs> saying. <laughs> okay, uh, 2305. Do you know if the region that Logan High is in, which is Region 11, has any head boys basketball coach openings? I have heard rumors. It is official. Logan Brown is leaving Logan High to go be the head coach at Green Canyon High School. It was official today. So Logan Brown is no longer at Logan High School. And Chandler Smith, who was an assistant to Kevin Anderson at Mountain Crest, is now the new head boys basketball coach at Mountain Crest High School. Oh, is he? Yep, Chandler Smith, Con Smith boy. Oh, yeah. He was a great basketball player. Oh, man, yeah. And his dad is a heck of a basketball brain. Uh, He has taken the job at Mountain Crest High School, so he'll be the new head coach over there for the Mustangs. He was a great point guard for the Mustangs. Oh, my goodness. He was a heck of an all-around athlete. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Let's see, 2417... Do 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 do. Um, let's see. Unfortunately, there's no. Let's see. Nope. About the totally and completely miscall. Nope. We already did that. What I meant with the hall is they uh, lump slot receiver with the wideouts, and it is really hard enough for wideouts. So maybe they need to add a slot as a separate spot. Then they have to look at it different. Interesting. And then he says, "Whoa, that's a good pickup for our Green Canyon Wolves." Absolutely. Logan Brown's gonna be a good coach over there. Uh, 9948 says, have people forgotten about downtown Tony Brown? He was a total stud that made the biggest shot for the Aggies in the last 25 years. You definitely can't forget the shot at the buzzer to send the game to overtime against Ohio State in the NCAA tournament. That's good. In college. Yeah, it was good in college. Now, at Mountain Crest, he was a good basketball player. I wouldn't put him on my Mount Rushmore, though. Yeah, he was a great player, good shooter. Um, But you're right. I would put Jalen Moore, Nate Harris, yeah, well, well Paul above Slave Tony. Ahead of, of Tony Brown. And he says, what Edelman has done with the Patriots is pretty impressive. Yes, he was on great teams, but everyone played their hardest to beat the Patriots and could not. make it. Uh, makes his career even more impressive. Always played against the opponent's best effort. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And he could take hits, too. He was very durable because he took a lot of shots from Brady's bad throws. Uh, let's see, three, four, two, what? six. Brady had bad throws. Leave me alone. Uh, three, four, two, six. I will never forget the half court shot Jalen made to get Skyview, uh, the championship uh, or yeah, win the Sky championship game against for first Skyview against Bountiful, which was led by Sam Merrill. Then turn around and won the state title. That was the best state title game I have ever seen. They beat Mountain Crest that year, right? They did. Yeah, they played Mountain Crest down at Weber State, and um, that uh, yeah played. Uh, the Sam Merrill, future teammate. Yeah, that was a, that was a that? great playoff run. Uh, did, hey, that did, was really fun. And that half court shot was on Sports Center, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it made a. Top and it 10. had your guys' call. Used, uh, yeah, used yeah. our guys' call. Yeah, that. it had your guys' call. That was pretty cool, Brad actually. Stone. That was that was pretty awesome. And that would be a blast for you guys too back then too. You know when you guys were on Sports Center. Uh, let's see, nine nine four eight. Tony Brown was by far the best basketball player to come out of Mountain Crest. I have a disagreement there as well. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that much, uh, much more. He's definitely on the Mount Rushmore for Mountain Crest basketball. Oh, yeah. Oh, but you know what? I'm going to be very honest with you. That's not a very 
Mountcrest hasn't been loaded with basketball talent. San Diego, a quick 2-0 lead as they play at Pittsburgh. The Padres getting a solo home run from Trent Grisham in the first. And again, Pittsburgh batting now in the bottom of the first. In the NBA, the action gets started shortly with the Clippers playing at Indiana. Earlier, Brooklyn, a 127-97 win over Minnesota. Kevin Durant had 31 points in 27 minutes. I'm Ralph Irvin. Full Court Press. There is no stopping this team! The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead! He's got it! It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like... The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Full Court Press. Ajay Salveson, Eric Franson. Here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on? 106.9thefan.com and the 106.9thefan mobile app. You can carry us wherever you are. Hey, I want to know. Yeah. Um... Now, I know that there was a nice gift sitting on my desktop when I got home, or yep. got back to the office today. Yep. A pair of uh, Bobby Wagner socks. Not socks that used to belong to Bobby Wagner, but socks that have his Well, they might have belonged to him, too. On he might have wore those. He might have. Well, maybe. I don't know. I guess it's possible. I don't know where you got them. But uh, it has me curious about uh, how pick six went last week. Okay, so, well... A couple of things. We didn't do the one from two weeks ago either, so we had to do. We had to recap that one. Uh, so two weeks ago, you won, and so AJ owes you. Uh, I think he owes you. Yeah, he owes you. And then last week, we had a two four one seven jumped on with us. He he answered all the pick six lines. We're like, you know what? Let's let him participate. So we put his lines in there. Well, he ends up winning. <laughs> and he awesome. beat, and so, and then, so actually, him and I tied. So now AJ owes you, me, and I've already taken care of 2417, so we're set. But he owes you and me. Uh, yeah, so it was a little bit of back and forth. Uh, Cody participated as well, but we don't count the producer, <laughs> <laughs> which is really sad because I think he won both times as well. That's oh, AJ and Cody, so yeah, sorry, 9773. AJ and Cody won two weeks ago. Oh, okay. And then last week, no, because I owed you for like three weeks ago. Yeah. And then last, this past week, 24171. Kept getting an extension. And Cody did not win. Cody participated. It's a participation (laughs) trophy for you. Uh, 5763 says, welcome back, Eric. Long time, no talk. Thank you. Uh, Our Guild Mortgage text line is open for you all to participate in. 435-339-0321. Again, 435-339-0321. Zero three two one. Uh, we've had a lot of great conversations going on so far. Three four two six. When I think I have a bad, I just think about my buddy who is a Lions, Jazz, Buffalo Sabers, and Detroit Tigers fan, and I remember I don't have it that bad. What? Ser- I mean, there's somebody in this universe that has all those teams that they follow. Okay, so wait. He's a Detroit Lions fan. He's a Utah Jazz fan. He's a Buffalo Sabres fan and a Detroit Tigers fan. Yeah, that's your own fault, man. You got to be better than that. I mean, tell your friend 
That's uh, just a glutton for punishment. Yeah, tell your fan to or friend to be a fan of like. Like why? It's why okay to jazz, jump ship. In that case, why the Jazz? Why not the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, why not the Minnesota? Yeah, and why the Buffalo Sabers? Why not the Minnesota Wild or Detroit Red Wings? Yeah, how would you not be a fan of the Detroit Red Red Wings? Like that's one of the greatest. I mean, they had a dynasty for a long time. Oh, he is from Detroit, so I guess that explains the Lions and Tigers. Okay, but then you go. But why the Sabers? Yeah, what's the? I mean, I, oh. You know okay. what's one? Okay, so I served my if mission. He's from Detroit. Why isn't he a Pistons fan? I, I served my mission uh, in Cleveland. I am not a fan of any of those Cleveland teams. Ever. Never. I hate LeBron James, too. Which is kind of crazy. Like, everyone's like, oh, yes, you're a LeBron guy. No, I'm not a LeBron guy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Cody texts into the show. Cody, you should be delivering pizzas right now. Uh, papers are by the books in the corner by Eric if you want to check the record. <laughs> no. If we want to check the record. We don't. We save the receipts. Don't be texting and driving while delivering pizzas. Uh, that's good. All right, 435-339-0321 to text in. Our text line was hot in that last portion of the uh, first hour. And it all started because we are talking Mount Rushmore. Now, somebody mentioned Tony Brown as the best player to come out of Mountain Crest. Jake Cressa would have a strong argument there. But again, that list is not that deep for Mountain Crest basketball. Yeah, it's kind of curious. I mean, there's been some great uh, athletes come out of Mountain Crest High School. And Mountain Crest basketball, they've had some runs. Um, but uh, it is a little bit harder to come up with Like, a- Alex Crest was part of a team that went to the state championship and lost. And I wouldn't even put Alex Crest on that list. I mean, maybe I would. But I don't know. I just, I mean, if we're talking baseball, it's a lengthy list. Like, I mean, there is a lot of people. Nick Bott, Ryan Zerman, uh, Chandler Smith, easily, Kyler Webb. I mean, there is a long list of baseball players. If we're talking football, same thing for Mountain Crest. Track, girls soccer, absolutely. But in basketball, no. I'm sorry, Mountain Crest basketball. Maybe Chandler Smith will change that. Well, I'm trying to think the last time there was a great player that came out of Mountain Crest in basketball. That have been on the same level as some of the other guys that we've talked about. I'm trying to think the last time we had a great player come out of Mountain Crest from basketball. Was it Chandler Smith? Probably. Probably. Yeah. And that was was 2009. That was 12 years ago. I wouldn't put anybody else since then. That stood out to me. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, Mountain Crest, if you're listening, which I hope you're not. Uh, by the way, speaking of Mountain Crest, their baseball team is playing in a bid series against Green Canyon. They were leading 2-1 to one at one point. We'll continue to get you updates on that. And speaking of uh, of high school sports, uh, Logan Brown is leaving to Green Canyon from Logan to Green Canyon to be the next head boys basketball coach. Meanwhile, Chandler Smith is going to take over the reins for Mountain Crest basketball uh, after Kevin Anderson has stepped down. So... Uh, Logan's still looking for a coach right now, uh, as far as I know. They still do not have a coach. And that's and, and, I, and I mean this with all due respect for Logan. That's got to be a hard job to fill, though. I mean, it's got to be a young, up-and-coming guy who wants to, who's going to use it as a stepping stone, to be honest with you. But, I mean, it's got to be someone young. I mean... Look, Logan High School has developed some pretty good players. Uh, Pentagar, uh, what was the... Uh, Jalen Sargent was okay, but Pentagar's, you know, was really good. Yeah. But that's, uh, 
that that's a school that needs to um that always seems to struggle with development um getting talent uh, and and grooming that talent to play at a mm-hmm. at the high level that that you see at some of the other schools in region 11 yeah uh, Logan Brown has done a nice job while he was there. Done a great job. So it's not an impossible job. Logan Brown proved that it's not an impossible job. Yeah. It's just it's challenging. Nine nine four eight text in Mountain uh, Mountain Crest. Tony Brown is Mister Basketball at one point. Yeah, I think that was in ninety eight. They went to the state championship or state semifinal. And they lost to Payson, or I believe Provo. Uh, three four two six. Logan seems to. Be not the third wheel anymore, but the fifth wheel in Region 11. I could probably agree to that. Who's the sixth? Bear River? I don't uh, know about that because they went to a state title yeah, game I was gonna say, long, just a few years ago. Yeah, under Scott Hunt, they were pretty darn good. Um, and I know they're, they're trying to get things back on uh, trajectory there on the, up, on the upward climb. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if you had to rank sexiness of programs in regards to talent and, and attractiveness of the job, um, I'd say Ridgeline's one, Green Canyon's two. Wait, on the attractiveness of the job? Yeah, Skyview's number one. No way. I take I take Ridgeline to be much more attractive than Skyview, considering its history. Yeah, I mean, but but isn't that kind of an unfair? It, isn't that like an unfair? Comparison because the history has been more lengthier for Skyview than it has for Ridgeline. Well, sure, it's, it's a school that's been around for a lot longer, yeah. but it can it consistently is at the highest level. True, in the region, I would put Skyview number one. I'd put Ridgeline number two. Number two. Okay. I mean, I understand you could you could yeah, vice versa. You you switch that. Uh, so who would be at three? That's I mean, like three through six is where it gets interesting. And, and, and we're talking boys basketball, by the way. Right, because it, uh, it's different for it, every it, sport. It right varies, now. and I think it can vary year to year. Because there's been some years where I'd say, oh, Green Canyon. And then there's years where I'd say, oh, Logan. See, I'd put Green Canyon as third. Uh, Logan is fourth. Mountain Crest, uh, Baxi Barrow is fifth, and Mountain Crest sixth. With the way things are right now? With the way it is right now, that's where I, I agree stand. with you. Three, four, two, six would say Skyview, Ridgeline, Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Bear River, Logan. Yes, Logan last. No, no I th- way. Yeah, I think, and I think Bear River is a little bit more attractive right now than Mountain Crest. Mountain Crest could get there with the right coaching talent, which I think, and no way, I know Chandler Smith can do. Bright, bright, bright individual whose father was an assistant to Bobby Knight. That really does help, like in regards. It's a great to- basketball family. Oh man, yeah, and Chandler's one of the best dudes in town too. I'm ro- I'm rooting for Mountain Crest and, and for Chandler to succeed there. Um. But yeah, I, Skyview Ridgeline is an interesting one. I, I love what uh, I love what Ridgeline has done in, in the last two years. Under is it Kyle Day? Right, that's his name, Kyle Day. Yep. Uh, our was he our coach of the year? Right. Yes. He was our coach of the year for the Cash Valley Daily uh, Group. Um, I love what he's got. And, and by the way, it, your your opinion of that is going to flip by the end of next season. Of Skyview and Ridgeline, it will flip next year. I think. Because that team is loaded with talent coming back. So Skyview, yeah, that that Skyview team just they just keep reloading. Yeah, Coach Hilliard continues to doesn't matter what he's doing. Really good program. He runs a good development program with uh, competitive basketball. 
uh, at the youth level. Uh, two wow. threes, two three zero five. What kind of talent does Logan High School have coming back? I think they lose talent. In fact, they lose a lot of talent. Uh, Pentagar's gone. I think Jalen Sargent's gone. I don't know about the tough kid. Um, I think it's Ryan Tuff, if I, if I have his name right. Great three-point shooter. Extremely talented. Uh, so I know they lose talent more than they gain talent. I haven't seen... I don't know a lot about the JV team. I think this is a great question for Al more than it is for me to be answering, to be honest with you. But losing... But losing... Uh, Pentagar is going to really hurt them. He's so good. He is a nice size, good ball handler. Three, four, two, six. Uh, I was ranking overall school jobs, not just for basketball. Oh, I have no idea. Well, what does that mean? Overall school jobs? Yeah, are we talking. Uh, I think it does matter for sport. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. we were talking basketball. Yeah, I mean, because because football, it's different, right? Uh, yes. I mean, football, it's Ridgeline for sure. Uh, is it? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? I, if we're talking right now. Tell me who your number. Tell me. Give me a good reason why anybody should be ahead of Ridgeline. We're talking right now. Well, with with the like, we're if we're looking at what the team's projected to be next year. Okay. Wait. So wait. Yeah. How wait? How are we categorizing this? Are we talking about next year? Or are we talking about overall? Like, because if I'm talking I mean, overall, yeah. Like, what is the best position to walk into today? Yeah. To be the head coach at this program. Yeah. I think I'd still put Skyview ahead. Ky. Because I, I think they they just seem to be more uh, a, a deeper program. That's true. They do have a great little league youth program, no doubt about it. Absolutely. I think Ridgeline's getting there, and they're right on the heels. Yeah, I, and you may be right. Within the next year or two, they well because and, that. and I like Travis Cox. I love what he's done, and Caden Cox at the helm. They've got some great receivers coming back. Um, uh, I think their offensive line is going to be good again. Uh, defensively, they might need a little bit of help. I and I, look, I, I'm with you. Like Skyview and Ridgeline are neck and neck again in this race. I mean, it's one A, one B, right? But I really, if we're talking about today, I'm, I'm really liking Ridgeline over Skyview. And then from there, again, three through six. Like I don't know what you want to do there, but uh, Logan, I think is I think he's going to get better as the season as time goes on. I really um, like their coach. I'll, so I'll say Logan and Green Canyon is in. Green Canyon's a wild card. I can't yeah, figure that it, out. I'm with you. Like they've had moments where they look like they could challenge to win the whole region, and then they have times where it's like, what are they? What are just not coming together for them? <laughs> uh, so I mean, I put Logan, and then I'd put. I think Bear River's struggling too. Uh, Mountain Crest could be interesting. But, now but, they got this new coach right. there. Mountain Crest has... They have potential. They have potential. That's a great word for it. So maybe Mountain Crest, and then I put Green Canyon, and then I put Bear River. I think, yeah, that's where I'd stand right now. Because I think when you're talking about, if you were to walk into a program, I think you have to consider, okay, what, what do you have to work with now? What do you have to work with with your booster club? What do you have to work with with your community support and your and your little league, your younger development, and just how 
how good is that team and its, I don't know what the right word is, tributaries, everything that feeds into uh, that, that main program, how well is it all connected? And that's why I think Skyview is probably number one yeah. and Ridgeline's number two, right on their heels. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, man, that could be an interesting conversation. Mm. Uh, four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to text into our Gil Mortgage text line, a big thanks to Gil Mortgage for being a part of our show and for sponsoring our text line. Great conversation so far um, about high school sports. We don't, I, I, you know, we 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 talk a lot of high school sports August through March. I'm sure we could find some great conversations April through July. And 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 if you want to do Mount Rushmores, I think that's one of them <laughs> you'd have to think about. Uh, and that actually put a lot of debate in there too, of you know great athletes in their schools, and and then maybe great athletes in the valley that came out. And I know we did something very similar to that, and got a lot of feedback, great feedback too. So we'll uh, we'll maybe hit that uh, again later on down the road. Hey, we're gonna get to some NBA basketball here. Uh, want to? We were just talking about this before we started the second hour of the show. Uh, we'll get some NBA news before we get to Jazz. But uh, the NBA play attorney uh, is going to be implemented this season, despite the 72-game schedule. And like, people love the idea, unless you're from Dallas, I guess. Luka Doncic and, and Mark Cuban hate the idea. I, and the thing is, is, and I think you said to Eric, Mark Cuban was in favor of this thing when we first were voting for it. Well, so the NBA toyed with it last year in the bubble because right, uh, it was a really close race. And there were a limited number of teams that were in the bubble. And so in a, an opportunity to create a televised event, they created this little play-in game. Well, NBA owners, which include Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks, unanimously approved the proposal for this season. Now, for those not paying attention at home, unanimously means... Every single person voted in favor, which includes, and I will reiterate, Mark Cuban. <laughs> but all of a sudden today, he comes out. In hindsight, this approach was an enormous mistake. He says, I get why the NBA is doing it, but if we're going to be creative because of COVID, we should go straight up one through 20 and let the bottom four play in. This is a year particularly to do it since the 10 games cut from the normal 82-game schedule were in conference. The worst part of this approach is that it doubles the stress of the compressed schedule. Rather than playing for a playoff spot and being able to rest players as the standings become clearer, teams have to approach every game as a playoff game to either get into or stay in the top six since the consequences, as Lucas said, are enormous. So players are playing more games and more minutes in fewer days. Guess what? If you were in the playoff hunt before, you had to play your guys. You had to play more minutes. You had to play as if every game was a chance to get to the playoffs. Absolutely. Nothing has changed. I, I don't, yeah, why? Okay, I, you, we can have different debates about the validity of the play-in tournament. But the arguments that are being thrown at it right now, are they just... Ridiculous to me. Look, if you're concerned about the play-in tournament, 
don't get yourself in the window to be participating in the play-in yeah, tournament. Go win some games and get out of that thing. It's not any it, different. It, that's why you're so upset. I, oh, I'm with you. If if you're really that upset about it, go win some games, winnable games too, and get out of it. They're two games behind Portland right now. They own the tiebreaker, does Portland, uh, between the two teams. They beat Dallas two out of their three meetings. That's why you're upset about this. Not because of the tournament play-in itself, but because you're in that play-in spot. Well, look, part of the whole point of the play-in tournament is it prevents some teams from totally taking off the last couple of games. Now, you're not going to prevent that from all teams. Like, Utah Jazz or the Phoenix Suns, whomever it may be, have like a two- or three-game cushion with just a few games left. They can afford to rest some guys. Mm-hmm. And if if your playoff positioning is pretty well determined and it's not going to matter a whole lot up or down, you're probably going to have the opportunity to rest some guys. Yeah. But the NBA and fans of the NBA, they hate seeing late games, late season games, when all the stars are sitting because they're getting rest ahead of the playoffs. But for those teams that are fighting to get into the playoffs or to stay in the playoffs, they can't afford to rest their players. It has always been that way. Wait, yeah, nothing's changed. So all this does is it opens the field up to more teams that have to do that. That make late season games more compelling, more interesting, more meaningful. And then other news, and this is this is horrible news. Uh, Denver Nuggets guard Jamal Murray, he has torn an ACL, as announced today. Uh, he's out indefinitely. And, and you know, the thing about a torn ACL, Eric, is that when you tear it, I mean, in today's NBA, you're out for about 12 months. Well, here's the problem. 12, one, 12 months from now is the end of next season as well. So he's going to miss the rest of this season and next season. And that's just such a bummer. That really is. That, that breaks my heart for Jamal Murray. He... Uh, he suffered in the fourth quarter of a 116-107 loss to Golden State. Um, they uh, they didn't immediately announce anything until uh, the medical staff was able to do some work on him, and uh, they announced it today. He was averaging just about 21 points, four boards, and four and a half assists, a little over four and a half assists per game. And for the Nuggets, who had won 17 out of their last 20, they dropped their last two now. But, I mean, Murray was great in the bubble postseason last year. He's been great this year. Had a slow start, but then picked it up. This is a big, big, huge just loss for the Nuggets, Eric. Yeah, that's, I feel horrible. Um, he's a great player. Um, he was outstanding in the playoffs. Uh, was slow to get going again uh, for the first part of the season. I had a lot of people wondering where did uh, <laughs> where did he go? Yeah, yeah. He was so fun to watch in Orlando, but. Uh, he he started to get back into his groove, started being a great player again, and uh, really dominant player for for Denver. But yeah, that's really unfortunate. Uh, three four two six. Uh, speaking of our Mavericks conversation, you played for millions of dollars. Act like it. Um, I don't want to hear that you uh, or excuse me, act like you do want or that you do get paid or played to uh, play for a million dollars. And I don't want to hear it. And go play. Amen. Absolutely. So, speaking of rest, Utah Jazz uh, have announced that Royce O'Neal is going to rest tonight. Joe Ingles is going to rest tonight. Jordan Clarkson is out with an ankle injury. So, we're going to lose to Oklahoma City. (laughs) It's going to be kind of thin against the Thunder. We don't have room for that. 
Uh, speaking of the Utah Jazz, last night they fall to the Washington Wizards. Um, and we are going to talk some Utah Jazz basketball from last night's game and preview tonight's game against Oklahoma City. That's all coming up here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Salveson. 9948 says because the Patriots cheat. Hey, no, we do not say the letter C in this room. Okay. Championship? Yeah. Because <laughs> sure. we're jazz fans? Yeah. <laughs> You're a Bulls guy, but you get it. You're a jerk. <laughs> wow. Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Riverwoods Conference Center would like to invite you to a show that aims to end the stigma of mental illness. Depression has one degree of separation. If you don't suffer, then someone you know does. This creative show is delivered by professional comedians, including Brad Bonner, who shares personal stories of hope, happiness, and triumph through laughter and tears. Don't miss this epic evening of stories around depression and suicide awareness that'll have you laughing and crying. Friday, April 16th, 7 p.m., Riverwoods Conference Center. Tickets are $15 at the door, or visit Cash Valley Comedy on Facebook. Better weather, longer days, and the urge to get outside. Spring has sprung. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical, and we'd love to help you scoot into spring and enjoy $200 off our high-quality scooters. Bringing wellness home is our motto, so also enjoy $200 off our best-selling lift chairs. For locations and information, visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It is the Full Court Press. Eric France and Jose Salveson. Welcome back, Eric, from Orlando. He now returns here as Leon Rose texted to us. Hey, he's happy to have me and you back together. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be back. It was good to get away. Uh, I was looking at my uh, my activity on my watch. Oh, yeah. How's that going for you? Uh, 40 miles. Excuse me, 44 miles walked. Are you serious? In the parks. Man, that's so much walking. Yeah. How'd you not get a tan? Lots of sunscreen. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> right. You guys have to use that stuff. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I feel bad for you. Oh. If you, you want to text into our Gil Morgan's text line, again, it's 435-339-0321. Let's talk some Utah Jazz basketball here. Uh, Washington Wizards, 125-121 winners. Upset win over the Utah Jazz inside of Vivian Smart Home Arena. And for the Jazz, that's only their third loss at home, and it snaps their 24-game winning streak at home as well. They are now 24-3 and inside of the Viv, while the Wizards are 10-17 and on the road, 29-33, and or excuse me, 20-33 and overall, and the Jazz now fall, I say fall, to 40-14 and on the season. Uh, Bradley Bill was absolutely phenomenal once again, 14-31 from the field. He had 34 points in 37 minutes. Russell Westbrook had 25 points, 14 boards, 14 assists, uh, and those were the, really the two outstanding stars. And for Lopez and uh, Bertans, they each had 10 for the Wizards. 
And for the Jazz, Bajanovic had 33 points, shot well, 10 of 18 from the field, 6 of 10 from deep. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 42 points. He had to take 32 shots to get there, but he had 6 assists, 3 boards. Uh, Rudy Gobert only had 12 points and 12 boards. Uh, and Royce O'Neal, 2 points in 37 minutes. Um, George Niang, uh, what, what, 5 points? That's great, George. You're doing wonderful things. And Derek Favors had 6 points. Eric... Are you as are you alarmed about this kind of a loss to Washington? Not necessarily because they struggled at Washington. It's just a it's just a matchup thing that the Jazz struggle with. Sometimes you face a team that you just don't have an answer to their lineup. Um, I was really frustrated that defensively the Jazz weren't able oh to get gosh. that solved and figured out. Yeah, giving up a lot of points, um, especially there in that second half. Um, but like it's a weird deal. Like the the Wizards, they're six and two against the Jazz, Nets, Lakers, and Clippers. So for some weird reason, they have a not a great overall record, but they play really well against some of the elite teams in the NBA. So it's just a bad matchup. Donovan didn't get a ton of help. I mean, it's hard to say with Boy on the night that he had, but um, defensively, I think that's where I'm most frustrated. Yeah, Donovan. What he's done the last four games is incredible. Um, where did it go? He's uh, 41, 37, 42, and 42. First Jazz player with 35-plus points in four straight games. That's unreal. Since the three-point era back in 1980. So, But also, he had that stretch there where he just couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He was like, what? Two of 17 after scoring 17 points in the first quarter. Uh, then he just went the second and third, and most of the fourth just really struggled. Um, and when he, is, uh, when he puts up a ton of shots, actually the Jazz don't win. Yeah. Are, are you worried about the shot volume? I mean, there is a lot of points, but there's a lot of shot volume coming from Donovan as well. I think I wonder if he's just trying to make up for the fact that Jordan Clarkson's out. Yeah. And Mike Connolly has been kind of in and out of the lineup. I, I don't know. But the Jazz have really been on some shaky ground for the last week, week and a half. I mean, they had to struggle and fight to get past Sacramento. Took a, a surge in the last three minutes to do that. Um, it, they're, they're not blowing teams away like they were earlier. But this is the time of year where teams are ramping things up. They're playing tighter, uh, better Defense, more focused. Uh, Jazz have got to get better defensively. I think that's the biggest thing. Offensively, I don't, I'm not too concerned about the Jazz. But uh, defensively, the, they've got to get better. The Jazz were down 19. They ended up cutting the deficit down to two, miraculously, uh, on a Mitchell layup with about 12 and a half seconds left. But Bill hit a pair of free throws with about 11 and a half left. Uh, missed the, uh, uh, he missed a pair just before that. And then Bogdanovich missed a three from the corner on the other end. And then Westbrook hits two freeze throws and then screams, that's game. Good for you, big guy. Uh, 125-121 is your final. Hey, is there a Western Conference team? You talked about bad matchups. Is there a Western Conference team that reminds you of the Wizards that could be a bad matchup for the Jazz? That's similar to Washington, though. Probably Phoenix. Yeah, that's who I had in mind, too. Two really good guards who can score. And uh, make things happen for other guys around them. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could say Portland, I think, to that to some degree as well. But it seems like Booker and Paul give the Jazz more fits than uh, Lillard and uh, <laughs> what's his what's his teammate's name? C.J. McCollum. McCollum. Thank you. Uh, it seems like they the the Jazz do better against uh, Lillard and McCollum than they do against uh, uh, Booker and and Paul. But I don't know. Leon Rose texts into the show. I still think the Jazz win tonight. I just think Washington has the Jazz number, even though they will never make the playoffs. Uh, and then Denver would have been a bad matchup, except they've lost some key players, so not anymore. Which I would definitely agree with. Denver would have scared me. Uh, John Russell also texts into the show. Uh, he brings up the point that the Jazz are a team that people look forward to playing to. Why? Because they're the number one team in the league. They're another one number one team in the Western Conference. So, I mean, isn't it just more like when they go onto a court, everyone, like, the team gets up because, hey, it is the Utah Jazz and they're the best team in the league. Let's go prove that we're still just as good. Right, and I think there's a certain uh, class of player, too, that gets excited about trying to go up against Rudy Gobert. Like, I want to go up against that guy. He thinks he's the, you know, reigning or two-time defensive player of the year. I don't know that he's all that. I'm going to go at him and I'm going to show him. Hey, oh, this MVP conversation is getting kind of heated up. Nikola Jokic, I think, is at the one spot. Uh, LeBron James is up there as well. Giannis third. Uh, I think yeah, Joel Embiid has to be Joel part of that Embiid discussion. Embiid was on that list as well. Uh, Damian Lillard. But there's no sign of a Donovan Mitchell. Are Is the Jazz... Why, if you had to play the devil's advocate, give me a reason why Donovan Mitchell, even though he's on the best team and he's one of the best players would not be on the list of the MVP race. Well, I think that what he's doing now in the span of his last four games might start to create an opportunity for him to be in those discussions. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that he has to... I don't know. I I think that he has to show that he can do more than just score. If, If his rebounding and assist numbers are up this year... But um, unless the guy can routinely be 32, 30 to 35 points a night, I don't know that he's going to be in the MVP discussion. Yeah. And, and it, I don't know that that's necessarily best for the Jazz if Donovan Mitchell is routinely in the 30 to 35 points per night. It's crazy that Jazz, I mean, that what? So 33, what, 42 at 75 points from two guys, and the Jazz still can't win that game. It just kind of mind boggles me, and it, and it proves your point, actually. Utah scored 40, dude, Utah scored 42 points in the first quarter and still lost this game because they were outscored by 14 in the second. Yeah, that second and third quarters were bad. There's just no defense. Well, there's no time to mope over it now because the Jazz now play tonight versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are 20 and 33 on the season, 11 and 14 on the road. Again, the Jazz are 40 and 14 overall, and 24 and 3 at home. Uh, this game is slated for seven o'clock tip-off time. Uh, it will be here on this very station, 106.9 The Fan. And Jazz lead the Suns by only a game and a half now. Yep, absolutely. Standards. Yep. And the first time these uh, two teams met, Jazz beat the Thunder 110-109. They played tonight, and then they don't face each other for another month until May 14th. That'll be inside of Chesapeake Arena in Oklahoma City. Yeah, it was a dogfight. 
It was, wasn't it? And then that's the thing about this Oklahoma City team is that they're young and they're too arrogant to or ignorant to understand the situation. And they're like, look, it's just another basketball team. Let's go out. I mean, you want to talk about a guys who get up for a situation. When you see Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell across the court, you want to go You want to go play your very best. Well, not only is that a problem, but Eric, as you mentioned, Jazz were losing depth for tonight's game. Uh, Joe Ingles is out, right? Right, yeah. Ingles is out. Clarkson. Clarkson's out. And there's one Uh, more. Royce O'Neal is out for rest. Yeah, this could be very bad. So you're going to see a lot of Mie Oni, um, who starts in place of uh, Joe. Okay, so yeah, give me your starting lineup. Mike Conley, does he so play? I think Mike plays tonight. He didn't last night, but so I think he Mike, plays tonight. Donovan, Mike and Donovan. Joe, no, no, no Joe's Joe. out. Bodjanovic. Yeah. And and Rudy. So, oh, man. I don't know, does Mie Oni get I think, the start? Dude, he might. I hope not, but he, I think he does. And we, we have no bench help. You start getting more. Uh, That's the problem. We have no Morgan? bench. You start playing Juan Morgan more. Gonna have to. Brantley? Oh, please no. Forrest played a lot of minutes late. Uh it says Mike Conley's out tonight. Dude, if he's out tonight, then we're real I mean, we're in big, big, big trouble. Do you know anything for sure on Mike Conley at all? Uh let's see what I can find out. Oh on that. fetch. Uh, hey, I swear if he's out tonight, I am not gonna be happy. Cause that's gonna really cause then then your starting lineup is uh Oh, uh, a lot of guys out for Oklahoma City, too. Oh, really? Gabriel Deck is out. Shea Gilgis Alexander is out. Josh Hall is out. Mike Moscala, Alexei uh, Pokusevsky, and Isaiah Roby, which some of those guys doesn't really matter. But Shea Gilgis Alexander, that's he's a good player. Mike Moscala, he's done some good things for him. Uh, looks like Mike Conley is playing tonight, actually. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks like Mike yeah, it looks like Mike Conley is playing and I haven't seen anything that says he was out. ESPN says he's out, but I don't think that's right. Uh hey, speaking of Mike Conley, Evan uh Massey, who is of uh, ESPN and Yahoo, tweets out the Miami Heat will have interest in signing or acquiring Kyle Lowry this offseason. But if they can't get him, Mike Conley is another name that could be a very uh, or to keep a close eye on and could be next on the list. I don't think Mike Conley wants to go to Miami. I think he is very happy in Utah. Uh, it sure seems to be. I mean, he's been uh, he's been great for the Jazz. I think the Jazz have been really good to him. Uh, he's, he's made many comments about how he loves it here, and how his family loves it here. Uh, 2417 text in. Better be lockdown defense like uh, we were playing earlier in the year. Oh, don't say it, AJ. Should I do it? Should I play the siren? Air raid. You know you want it. No, we don't. We don't really need it. Are you sure? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I could if you want. Uh, 9315. I don't think teams that get up to beat the Jazz could do it for seven games in the playoffs. Hmm. So... That's uh, a fair point. You know, teams might get up to play the Jazz because they're the number one team in the NBA, and they want to prove you know what they can do against the number one team. But can they do that consistently in a playoff? Yeah, 
That's a fair question. I don't think they can. I, I like the Jazz and Quinn Snyder and their ability to make adjustments in that lineup, how it can be really versatile. But, look, teams teams are going to have some stretches where it's just guys are gassed and they're going to need a break or they have injuries. The Jazz have been really lucky that they've been healthy. That's a part of the real success why they've been able to win so many games because they've all been healthy. So right now, here's what the Jazz or the Western Conference standings look like. Jazz are at 40 and 14, and the Phoenix are just a game behind them. Uh, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers are three, four, and five. Nuggets could fall very quickly though if uh, they can't pass things up after the Jamal Murray loss. Uh, Portland is at six. Dallas is at seven. Memphis eight, and San Antonio nine with Golden State at ten. And by the way, Stephen Curry became the Golden State Warriors all-time leading scorer last night in the first quarter. So congrats to Steph Curry. No, dude, he's figuring out the hard way. But man, maybe I wasn't the best player on the team during those during that dynasty. Maybe I did need a ton of help. Well, you need more than one player, yeah, to really make it happen. In the eastern side, Philadelphia is at one. Brooklyn's at two. They're both at thirty-seven and seventeen right now. Uh, Bucks are at three at thirty-three and twenty, and then things get really just sloppy. Hawks are at fourth at twenty-nine and twenty-five. Heater at 28 and 25 and 5th. The Hornets are at 27 and 25 and 6th. Boston, two games over 500, is at 7. And the Knicks that are a game over 500 are in 8th. Pacers, Bulls, and Raptors are in 9th, 10th, and 11th. And Bulls and Raptors aren't even close. That's just so bad. Well, you got to look at that. Uh, who's in the nine and ten spot right now on both sides? All right for the the West, it's San Antonio and Golden State. And what's their record again? San Antonio is twenty six and twenty six. Golden State's twenty six and twenty eight. Um, and in the East, it's Indiana and Chicago, twenty five and twenty seven, twenty two and thirty one, respectively. So the Jazz, if they were able to retain the top spot, they would get the winner of um, whomever won that uh, that play-in game at the very bottom of the of the, that that the nine ten. Well, it's seven versus ten, eight versus nine. Correct. Yeah. Yep. No. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, yeah. well, and, and by the way, uh, who is more event? Who is more of an MVP candidate from the Utah Jazz, or who has more of a legitimate argument, Mitchell or Gobert? Oh, I think you make great cases for both. Yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. Uh, two four one seven says Gobert, and that's the way I'm leaning. I think that I think Gobert means more to the team. But, man, without the scoring and some of the other things that Donovan does, I don't know how far the Jazz go. I think they'd be a playoff team with Mike Connolly and Joe Ingles and Boyan doing things. But the number one team, I don't think they get there without Donovan Mitchell. Okay, without Gobert. That sure missed their defensive heart and soul, and he's developed an offensive game as well. He's his offense has not been real great. Let's be honest; these last uh, this last week, 
He hasn't been great offensively. But, def- but he has that ability, and the whole t- scheme defensively is to funnel everybody to Gobert. Mm-hmm. And he changes shots and things that uh, he does things that do not show up on stat sheets. Uh, 2417, but scoring does not win championships. Defense does. Unless you're Golden State back in 2015. Uh, 9315, would Gobert win the MVP of the West? Ugh. I don't know. Chris Paul's pretty got a pretty good argument. Five seven six zero. Gobert raises the floor. Mitchell raises the ceiling. Ooh, ooh, that's mm. a good point. Mm-hmm. I like that. Oh huh. man, yeah, that'd be an interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm leaning towards Gobert just based on the fact that his defense has created, um, you know, room to breathe for the offense to make mistakes. But at the same time, like when they've been in that offensive rut, it's been Mitchell to get him out of it almost every single time. Yeah. So you're right. You can make you can make arguments on both sides easily. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back. We'll have our stat and player. Stat the Blue Reminder of Player of the Week here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This, keep it on the download here, is the Dan Patrick Show. They didn't go, hey, you know what? We have 16. Why don't we go to 15? Why don't we go to 14? With the NFL with 17 games? All right. More fantasy, more gambling, yeah, more money, Jesse. Feels like we're entering the load management era of uh, NFL with all these, all these games. I'm gonna sit this week nine out. Dan Patrick, the Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from ten to one on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Valley Recycling's Earth Day event is back. This year's prices are some of the best they've seen. In an effort to keep everyone safe, Earth Day will look a little different this year, running the entire week of April 19th through the 24th. Earth Day will only be held at Valley Recycling's facility at 145 North, 10th West. To limit overcrowding and to keep wait times minimal, appointments are required to drop off your recyclables. Schedule your appointment online at valleymetalrecycling.com. Snacks and cold drinks will be available. Valley Recycling's Earth Day event, April 19th through the 24th. For prices and drop off appointments, visit ValleyMetalRecycling.com. There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy! Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go, online at castalite.com. Hi, this is John Horton, General Manager at ARS. COVID-19 is a mess, but it doesn't have to be. We at ARS recognize your desire to take the best care of your workspace and home in order to protect your family, staff, and other building occupants. We have certified technicians that use leading industry processes, state-of-the-art equipment and technology, and cutting-edge products when disinfecting. We understand your needs and are ready to help. Remember, got a mess? Call ARS. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, Eric France and Amaje Salveson. Thanks for joining us. How on... Oh, however, wherever you're joining us from here on 106.9 The Fan, a few texts that came through. Let's get to it. 2417 says, wait, sorry, because I don't know. Yeah, uh, they had defense. They had Jeff Green. That's what he's talking. Or no, Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Sorry. 
Yeah, Jeff Green didn't play any defense. Uh, Draymond shut down many of the offenses he faced. That's the thing is Draymond could guard every single position. That's true. Without even blinking. Like he and he was really good at it. Uh, two seven seven six. AJ raises the. Ru- I know. I'm good. Uh, Leon Rose. Did AJ pick six gifts show up for Eric yet? I did. Those are those socks. Socks. Yeah. No, actually, Bobby Wagner socks. There's actually something else coming for you. It's just taking a while. It's coming. Oh, that wasn't it. No, that was not it. There's something else coming for you. So that was in the meantime. Nine three one zero text in. Uh, Eric, great question here. Why didn't the Jazz run pick and roll last night? Quinn is getting soft. Uh, it is troublesome when the Jazz do a lot of. Uh, is that starting because, getting to ISO? Is that the backcourt? Just the defense, like Russell Westbrook. Excuse me, Westbrook and uh, Bill. Is that why? I mean, is it just because they can guard it so well? I, I don't. I, I don't. He's got a great point. I don't know why. I, I don't think that he necessarily. Um, I, well, it's hard to know because we're not there. We don't know what what play is being called and if they're being if it's being executed properly or not. But um, with the Jazz, we we have seen that the Jazz are better when they're passing the ball around, when it has multiple touches on the offensive end. When they go one-on-one, it's not as good. Yeah, that's for dang sure. I don't know if they felt like they did the scouting report, didn't feel like Washington was very good defensively in one-on-one situations. Uh, but that that is my little bit of a concern about Donovan Mitchell. I think sometimes he... He gets too much of a hero complex and thinks he's the only one that can do anything and tries to put too much on his shoulders instead of trusting his teammates, trusting the system. That being said, I think there are other times when Quinn Snyder is like, Donovan, go to work. Go get us a bucket. Go make it happen for us. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know why they, they started to slow down on that. Uh, it, it, it's it's been shown many different times when the Jazz are sharing the ball, when it's going all from side to side, lots of guys involved touching the ball. Uh, it's it, The efficiency on that possession is much, much higher than if it's just ISO ball. A couple of final scores in uh, Region 11 athletics. and Baseball, Ridgeline beat Logan 7-0. Uh, Jane Harris had a complete one-game hitter. Struck out 15, and then in softball, Ridgeline beat Mountain Crest 6-1. Last we heard of the Mountain Crest game was 2-1 for Mountain Crest. We haven't heard anything since then, so uh, still waiting to hear on that. Um, and we will continue. If, if we get an update, we'll let you know. So if anybody was at that game, let us know. That'd be great. We're, we couldn't go for obvious reasons. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's see. Oh, 2417. Exactly. See the text from above. So... I think agreeing with you, Eric. Wow, you guys agreed. That's cool. I wonder what that's like to do so with your listeners. <laughs> Man, but that feeling is really cool. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, we will get to our stat and player of the week and set the blur mind. This, keep it on the down low here, is the Dan Patrick Show. They didn't go, hey, you know what? We have 16. Why don't we go to 15? Why don't we go to 14? But the NFL with 17 games? All right. More fantasy, more gambling, yeah, more money, Jesse. Feels like we're entering the load management era of uh, NFL Ooh. with all these, all these games. I'm gonna sit this 
week nine out. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, the Hearing Aid Center, and now Ascent Aesthetics are in the New Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette, along with the entire staff, look forward to helping your family. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, along with the Allergy Clinic, the Hearing Aid Center, and now Ascent Aesthetics, now in two locations, the Cash Valley Hospital and Providence. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Go to CashValleyENT.com for more details. That's CashValleyENT.com. This is Chief Dan McCammon with the Preston City Police Department. Law enforcement's role is to respond, intervene, and investigate crimes. We partner with CAPSA to support sexual assault victims. CAPSA provides confidential advocacy and support which empowers victims and increases positive outcomes. I have found when victims receive this support, they are more likely to work with law enforcement, which increases our ability to hold the suspect accountable. When you know CAPSA, you know hope. Is your business hiring now or in the future? Or are you looking for a new job or career change? Plan to participate in or attend the Cache Valley Media Group Job Fair Thursday, April 22nd at Castle Manor in Hyde Park from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss this opportunity to visit with hundreds of potential employees looking for work or to change careers. Call 752-1390 or go to cachevalleydaily.com to get involved in the job fair at Castle Manor Thursday, April 22nd, presented by Cache Valley Media Group. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the Full Court Press. Wow, that blew my mind. Set that blew our mind. Player of the week here on the Full Court Press 106.9 The Fan. Eric, what you got? All right, Joel Embiid, certainly have an MVP-type season. The stat that blew my mind, free throw attempts per 36 minutes in a season. Okay. In NBA history, Shaquille O'Neal had uh, 12 free throw attempts in 36 minutes in 2001. Wilt Chamberlain, 12.6 in 62. Joel Embiid this season, 13.1. So the dude's getting to the line. He's scoring a ton wow. of points. He's averaging nearly 30 points a game, 11 rebounds per game. Uh, and as we mentioned, those uh, number of free throw attempts, that's the most in the game since uh, Wilt Chamberlain back in 65-66. Hey, the Black Mamba uh, in 2016 on this day, I think everybody remembers that he scored 60 against the Jazz in his final game. He took like 63 shots, but no big deal. Uh, and then Gordon that, Hayward decided not to play any defense. Oh, nobody. No, nobody decided to play any defense that night. Nobody wanted to. I remember David Locke called it an exhibition game the next day, a glorified exhibition yeah, game. Yeah, it really was. And Quinn Snyder gave him like a glare. I remember that media day clean out. That was, that was kind of funny. Uh, anyways, he was the oldest player in NBA history to do so, to score a 60 hour, have a 60-point game. He was 37 years old at the point in time. Uh, most points in NBA history by a player in his final regular season game. Again, he took like 62 shots, so let's <laughs> let's calm down. Uh, your player of the week. Uh, mine is Steph Curry. Over the last seven games, 38.4 points per game, six three-pointers a game. Uh, it was uh, Just the other night was his 18th game with 10 or more three-pointers made. Uh, he scored 53 points. He surpassed Wilt Chamberlain as the Warriors' all-time leading scorer. and uh, He leads the franchise in scoring, assists, and three-pointers made. He's been having a heck of a week, Steph Curry. 
Yeah, so mine's going to actually be the Red Sox as a whole. Now, they started off the season 0-3. They lost to the Orioles, and Boston was going to burn their town to the ground. Now, they're on a seven-game winning streak, right? Which, by the way, according to ESPN Stats and Info, uh, the last team to do so, lose the first three and then win the next seven to start the season, was Seattle in 1991. Like, this Red Sox team can be really, really good. But, I mean, to win seven in a row in the way they've done it, I mean, great hitting. I mean, in fact, I think they lead the league right now in batting average. After, I mean, they were just atrocious in their first three games. It's, it's pretty impressive. So that is my player of the uh, week. Don't All forget right. Utah Jazz pregame coming up at uh, 6.50. Tip off at 7 o'clock against the Oklahoma City Thunder so right here on the fan.